This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Well, hello and welcome to a bonus edition of The Left Wing. Well, the number one ranked team in the world has beaten the reigning world champions. It finished here at the Aviva Stadium, Ireland 19, South Africa 16. I'm joined here by uh, Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy. Rory, to you first. What an incredible game that was. Yeah, Sinead, it was absolutely absorbing for minute one. The first half was brutal in its physicality like like very very few games i've ever seen you know i was in lucky to be in pretoria in 09 for that famous lions test i don't maybe it didn't get quite to that level but south africa came out looking like they had a, a couple of scores to settle they threw themselves into every tackle every rook they made life really difficult for ireland they shut down ireland's attack they made ireland look very ordinary at times but ireland hung in they stayed patient and for all of south africa's dominance in so many different areas they never made a count in the scoreboard they picked the wrong 10 Flems had a nightmare. That's not Ireland's problem. And after halftime, Ireland got themselves together. They learned from whatever happened in the first half and they came out with that double salvo. You know, the bomb squad really didn't deliver at all. Ireland got ahead and once they got ahead, they were able to keep South Africa just about at arm's length. But we saw the kind of ferocity, the 80-minute performance that South Africa can bring in that end game. And if they had a kicker, maybe it might have been a different story. But you have to credit Ireland. That was a phenomenal game of rugby, a phenomenal test match. And they double down on winning a series in New Zealand by by surviving that first half and thriving in the second. Yeah, Keen, there were so many questions about Ireland coming into this game. They fairly answered them here tonight, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely, Sinead. And this was the kind of test that I think everyone was hoping to see. I think, you know, beating New Zealand down there is an incredible achievement, but there were still, certainly in my mind, a couple of, a couple of lingering questions about, you know, can Ireland hack it against the most physical teams in the world? And it doesn't come much more physical than South Africa. And like Rudd said, they went toe-to-toe and, you know, South Africa rolled off the bomb squad, but the bomb squad were diffused and that's the, the reality of it. And I think Ireland, as a squad effort, like should take absolutely enormous confidence from this going forward. I mean, to lose Conor Murray in the first half, uh, James and Gibson Park was outstanding when he came on. But like Tyg Furlong came off as well and you're kind of thinking... God, like this is going to could be a bit of a struggle considering what the, the South Africa are going to roll off the bench in the front row. But Philly Beelham came on and won a couple of scrum penalties. Jimmy O'Brien came on in the centre, really unlucky for Stuart McCloskey. Like you were thinking, his physicality was going to be missed because he had started really well. But Jimmy O'Brien slotted in and looked like he'd been playing Test rugby all his career. And I think that is. Um, I made this point in the summer about the Maori games. I think that's a success in in coaching and the way Andy Farrell goes about bringing players into the setup. They don't get dropped in. Like Jimmy O'Brien has been around the squad for a few months now. He was in New Zealand, supposed to be playing for Ireland A last night, ironically enough, and comes in at outside centre, which 
he can play really anywhere in the back line, but in the back three is where he's most comfortable. When he came in and he looked absolutely brilliant there, up against some some big men in Dielende and Jesse Creel. And that, to me, just summed up, I think, where Ireland are at the moment. They're supremely confident in their ability. And it was really encouraging to see that they took their game plan to them. I mean, the second try that they scored was like absolutely outstanding, I think, on the counter-attack. And you think that's been one of the big improvements in, in Mike Katz's attack. So there was just so many aspects of the performance, I think, to be to be pleased with. Obviously, South Africa threw everything at it and they, they were, Ireland were hanging on at different stages, but that's going to happen against the world champions. And to have hung on and to have seen it out is remarkable. And it was one of the great, I'd say, occasions at the Aviva. The atmosphere was off the charts. I don't know if you guys agree. Oh, I want a second test. Why? Well, this should be a series. Surely we should be getting on the point <laughs> we've next week to play a game in Cork and then the, the finale up in Belfast and Windsor Park or something like this is like you know it's so sad it's such an annoying thing that we only get to play them once and like the, that the game in next year's World Cup looks looms so large because South Africa won't pick the Valencia 10 for that game they'll learn from this as well both teams have to learn from this we you know this is the world order as it stands now in November 2022 but it doesn't guarantee Ireland anything and even the way South Africa finished just marks them out like they were so hard they don't they didn't die they, they kept coming they kept coming and they kept believing and that's what made it so enthralling like an, another team would have just phoned it in after that you know once they went kind of the two two scores behind but that's an africa team they just refused to go 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 quietly yeah keen as well because ireland just soaked up so much pressure didn't they in that first half and as you both mentioned they were just almost hanging on, on at times but like brilliant defensively and just that turning point then six all at half time those two tries in the space of three minutes uh the Josh van der Fleer, incredible. The Mac Hansen try that he finished over there in the corner. Brilliant team tries. Yeah, like Ireland have kind of made a habit of this. They, they did it in the summer at the start where they started really well and they kind of had a bit of a double punch and it, it knocked the stuff in now to South Africa. I know they came back at the end, but I mean, Josh van der Fleer, to, the way he finished that try was just absolutely remarkable because South Africa looked like they had the Ireland mall where they wanted. And just on it, I would say Ireland's mall defence was absolutely immense today. I think a real feather in Paul O'Connell's cap. I mean, we, we speak about the size of the men, but... Technically, it was just outstanding. They really stifled the Springboks mall. But on the try, it was just brilliant because South Africa were felt like they had Ireland in touch exactly where they wanted them. And somehow, Josh van der Fleer manages to get the ball down. And then they follow it up with the try on the counter-attack, like I said. And the amount of players that were involved in it, again, forwards and back linking. One of the biggest, I would say, hallmarks of the Andy Farley era and Mike Katz attack is how comfortable the, the forwards are in the ball and I think that try epitomised it as well just a quick thinking of Caelan Doris throw that offload when he was hitting the deck was just outstanding and uh, Mac Hansen to, to finish it in the corner um, yeah it was just outstanding and just on road you know looking for a series I'd say as much as we would absolutely love it you'd, you'd imagine the bodies in the morning are going to be absolutely aching like there was serious carnage in, in fairness from the box as well it wasn't just Ireland like they lost uh, Lou Diager as well to, to an injury but I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of sore bodies in the morning what about that Rory yeah yeah absolutely and like last night took a toll as well that that um New Zealand A game, you know, Kieran Frawley's a big doubt for that Fiji game, so they're probably going to have to add to the squad. But they've shown that even losing Robbie Henshaw in midweek, then having to bring in Stuart McCluskey, losing Stuart McCluskey um, midway through the first half, they showed it to be themselves to be adaptable. They don't get knocked off course in the way that maybe the previous Ireland team did. They they don't get bothered by that stuff as much. They rejigged their backline and, and looked comfortable. So they've obviously been doing, you know, preparing Jimmy O'Brien in training. He looked comfortable throughout. So, like, it's. I don't really think it matters what happens in the rest of this window now. I think this window is now a bit about development. Look, if they, they, they should beat Fiji, they 
you know, Australia, like as long as as long as it's tight, I think, you know, it's a chance to get maybe minutes into Joey Carberry. This was the game. This this was the whole window hedged on this game. Now it's about getting you know, minutes into other bodies. And we'll talk about that again during the week. But this was what this month was all about. And Ireland delivered a performance that gives you, look, it doesn't guarantee anything for next year. But because these two teams are meeting, it obviously has a World Cup context. And it gives that team huge confidence going into that World Cup that what they did in New Zealand and what they've been doing over the course of this window, just, you know, it's building towards something that could be quite special. And they've showed Keane that they've learned those lessons. Why was it different this time? Well, I just think the game plan they're playing is different. And, you know, we didn't see, like, it wasn't like Ireland threw the ball around and played all this mad free-flowing rugby. They actually mixed it up. There was plenty of contestable box kicks. They, they really varied the, the game well. But to me, it just, this Ireland team are in a different place. And I know both camps were really trying to downplay the significance of, you know, what a win for either team would, would do here today in terms of the World Cup. And while it is very, very different, I think... If South Africa had come here and done a number on Ireland physically, I, I think that could have left scars potentially in the same way that 2019, the England Six Nations game. And now you're talking about the complete opposite. Ireland are going, going to go into that World Cup. It's going to be a very different um, challenge, obviously. Like Ireland are very tough to beat at the Aviva, it should be said, particularly when the crowd is like it was tonight. It's not always as raucous as this, but it was really, really special. But Ireland will take massive, massive confidence from that, particularly in the manner, I think, in which... Um, they, they ground out the win because it's not like this South African team were missing lots of players or anything today. I would fully agree with Rudd. I would I would be shocked if we see Damien Villemsep playing 10 for South Africa again. I think it was just, it's an experiment, but I just don't think it's working. So they'd probably have Andre Pollard back. But other than that, it was fully locked and loaded and they should take huge confidence from it. Okay, you mentioned earlier as well about the scrum halves, um, Rory. A lot of talk, obviously, about Conor Murray coming into this game on the occasion of his 100th cap. And you kind of put it well earlier in this week when you said that it's going to be an important game either way for him. Obviously, so unfortunate to go off of that injury just before halftime. Then Jameson Gibson Park comes on. I mean, straight away, he seemed to just make an immediate impact. He did. And I think, you know, Conor Murray was playing to a game plan. He was box kicking. When Ireland were losing collisions a lot in that first half, and, you know, what you do when you're losing collisions is you go to the air. And, and they got some success out of that as well. I mean, the first penalty came off a Conor Murray box kick that was partially charged down. And the second um, penalty in the first half came off a, a Murray snipe that he got injured in the, in the, in the, in doing it. And that's what forced him off. But Gibson Park, for all of Murray's class and his undoubted class, you don't get the 100 caps for Ireland um, and be trusted by the coaches that trust Conor Murray without having that class. Gibson Park just gives you that tempo. He gives you that snap decision-making. He just he seems to be a second or two ahead of everyone else on the pitch. And he played a massive role in the second try. You know, It was him who spotted the gap, arced around, and then, and then moved the ball on really, really well. He just gives... He's probably the best scrum half. Well, He's one of the best scrum halves in the world. He's up there with DuPont and Aaron Smith. It's a good company to be in. How New Zealand ever let him go is just a mystery, really. Um, and look, Murray, you know, Murray's injury probably opens the door for Craig Casey with a difficult light last night. But, you know, I think he did enough to, you know, he, 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 he's, he didn't lose any credit tonight. I think Gibson Park just reinforced how good he is on no rugby. Himself and Hugo Keenan had played all season. So, like, he's a really important player for Ireland now. He's become such a fulcrum of the way Ireland attack, the way Ireland play. And that identity that really won the day today. We saw positive rugby won today against a team that couldn't move the ball beyond 10 for most of the day. And, like, South Africa, I, I admire what they do a lot of the time. But there were times where they had overlaps and they just tucked and ran. We saw Etzebeth through an unbelievable offload for the try at the end. If they'd brought a bit of ambition to their play, this might have been a very different story. And I guess maybe that's where they'll learn and they may evolve over the next 12 months. And with a better 10, 
they may get better results. But you know, that's not about what today was about. Today was about you know, and, and an Ireland team who, even when they were being beaten down, kept believing, kept attacking, stayed true to their values, and got the reward in the end. And uh, Josh Rinder Fleur got uh, man of the match. Keen, would you agree with that? I mean, what what can we say about this guy? Yeah, like I, to be honest, I thought you could have picked a couple from the pack. I thought James Ryan was outstanding. You know, this is a guy who there was question marks over him before the summer tour. He's had a really tough time with concussion, and you know, Rudd had a piece with him in the paper today, and he spoke about how in New Zealand that he'd finally felt like he was he was starting to play without thinking about that again. And you know, in the first test in New Zealand, he had a really tough day, and then against Sam Whitelock, Sam Whitelock missed the second test, but he came back for the third, and he got the better of him. So I thought that was a huge. Um, conference boost for him and he came today then and went toe-to-toe with probably the, the best second row pairing in in the world i know uh, luther jagger went off but franco mastard isn't a bad bad player to bring on he could just as easily be starting and i thought he was outstanding himself and caelan doris in the first half where they were going around hunting as a tag team the two of them putting in double double hits left right and center and at one stage i turned to to Rudd and I, I said it I was like like Howard like every time they got off the floor like any of the Irish Bears there were just more enormous men running at them running at them full tilt and not for a second did any of them wilt any of the I was about to say the green jerseys but whatever colour they were the, the mixture coloured jerseys uh, got off the floor time and time again and you know a bit of a cliche but fought for each other as well and like worked their absolute socks off so you couldn't deny Josh van der Fleer the man to match but I thought players like Caelan Doris uh, James Ryan and even Ty Byrne was absolutely outstanding but to a man it almost feels like it's one of those games where it's almost unfair to, to pick a man of the match it was loads of the backs as well who were outstanding and you know Joey Carberry comes off the bench and you know it was only a couple of minutes but sees out another one of Ireland's most famous victories so um, he, he's certainly adding to his collection Yeah and he, uh, James Ryan as well had that great seal off um, Edsabit as well what's your, what, what do you think Rory who stood out for you? I think Caelan Doris was outstanding. Um, I thought Johnny Sexton, he often gets overlooked in these discussions because we expect so much from him. I mean, he delivered at least four, if not five, on-the-line passes and got absolutely emptied. Um, one of them almost looked like he was going to force him off. Just before the, the try, that, the, 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 the mall try, he was down for a long time as Ireland attacked and, and earned a penalty that they put into the corner for the try. The standards that he's setting at 37 are, are just remarkable. You know, I mean, it's two years ago... I, I didn't believe he'd make this World Cup. I didn't think he'd be able to do what he's doing. I, I'm happy to admit that. But, uh, you know, he's proven me. He's proven other people wrong. He's he's phenomenal. And, and, like, I think maybe what he does is sometimes overlooked because, you know, he does it so often and so regularly. He's been doing it for so long. But the way he kept attacking, the way he kept driving the team was really important. And Gary Ring always had a, you know, an understatedly excellent game. Um, Keenan was, you know, won a couple of really key high balls. Matt Hansen, you know, showed up at times where Ireland really needed some go forward and just a couple of steps here and there got them on the go forward I don't think anyone had a bad game the tight five struggled in the first half but Porter grew into it Furlong's clearly carrying something he's only played 40 minutes this season he was forced off again that's a bit of a concern but look it was uh, Van der Fleer I think the back row is nearly always get the man of the match and I guess in the battle the kind of battle that we had that's uh, that's not to be uh, you know that's to be expected maybe but I think Sexton deserves a serious mention as well Okay, and just before we go, Keen, then just to wrap, um, we all kind of know what's coming up next September in the Stade de France. How significant is this win in terms of that psychological edge? Yeah, huge. I touched on it earlier. Like I said, if South Africa had come here and done a number on Ireland, I think we, we would all certainly have the same questions that we've had before. Oh, Ireland really struggle against the, the bigger teams. And look, a lot can change. There's going to be like different personnel. Like I mean, you'd be very surprised if it was the same two fifteens, given that there's there's so long to go. But what it does is it gives Ireland belief and 
Rudd probably hit the nail on the head earlier when he said like they've doubled down now on winning a series in New Zealand. It, it that wasn't the flash in the pan, and you know even. There were like a few naysayers when you come back, as there always will be, that all oh, this isn't a great All Blacks team, which it might not be, but it's still bloody hard to go down and win a series there. Uh, and to back that up in your very next game, which without having had any games together, like let's not forget that South Africa have had the Rugby Championship, so they were coming in with far more kind of game time, more recent game time under their belt in Ireland to string that kind of performance together after only, what was it, two weeks together. Um, again, I would say is a real success on the culture that Andy Farrell and his coaches have built because everyone just seems so in tune with what they're doing. And I think we saw signs again that they were trying to evolve their game plan, which I would say was the biggest criticism post-2018 going into the 2019 World Cup. They just did, they stood still and they didn't keep evolving, but you certainly saw them trying to mix their game up tonight, uh, which for me, I think bodes really well going into this next September as well, Sinead. Okay, well, a great night for Irish rugby. Keen and Rory, thanks a million for that. Now, Will and Luke will be back next week to look back on this uh, brilliant win. We'll be back on Thursday when the Ireland team to play Fiji will be announced. And we'll also be back in the next Saturday uh, to review the Fiji game.